0: Welcome, everybody, man. This is Chili Willie, your favorite homeboy here in the Philippines. And you know what, man? The best podcast is going down Southeast Asia, anywhere in the world. It's WZWA. And don't miss an episode of it. California and Jack, these guys are awesome. Awesome.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show here on the WZWA network. I am your host with the most on the West Coast, California very Great to be with you here once again. We're killing it. We are killing it in the last half of 2020. My co-host, Mr. 55, live, Jack Wallace. Jack. How you feeling?
2: Oh, uh, it's uh, you know, downhill, the downhill stretch all the way down to uh and down the final weeks of our uh, 2020, we've got so many, so many interviews in the can that we are so excited to get out. Um, I don't want to name any of them, any of the ones. I did post a little thing on the uh, on the network page uh, about a week ago with a bunch of names, but there's a few yeah. more after that list, and we're just here. Is no, uh, yeah, man. Pretty fun names. There, and, there
1: uh, definitely is, and uh, one of those fun names, Jack, is here with us today, and I think this is the first time on the show, except for when we've been interviewing people from Australia, that we're talking to someone who's in the same time zone as us, Jack. And uh, it's exciting for me to introduce the one and only, he's everybody's homie, Chili Willy. How you going, brother?
0: Yo, What's up? I'm glad to be with you guys. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm here in the Philippines, so my favorite oh. beer in the Philippines is Red Horse, just so you guys know. Okay.
2: Red Horse, beer. Yeah i note that for if I ever go to the Philippines, I'll give it a try. Yeah, I have <laughs> heard of it, actually. But over
1: um, hey, you, Jack. Joshua, you-
2: hey, you're welcome, bro. Sure, man. Um, yeah, Chili really. Welcome to the show. Um, as usual, the first um, sort of question we always like to ask is how you became a wrestling fan. And what, what was it? Uh, when when did you become a wrestling fan? And uh, what was it that sucked you in?
0: Oh, man. I think uh, when I was probably about seven or eight, uh just flipping through the channels. And uh, I think I I happened to stumble across WWF. And uh, then, because I grew up in two places. I grew up in New Jersey, and then I grew up in North Carolina. So when I was in New Jersey, it was WWF. When I was in North Carolina, it was called NWA. So anyway, I was just, as a young boy, uh, just watching Bob Backlund, Pedro Morales, Rocky Johnson, Johnny Ross, um, Don Morocco. And so um, I was a huge fan then. I mean, he just, he just overwhelmed me. Those guys were big, you know, like little Ivan, Ivan Pusky. He was he was short, but he was muscular. And uh, Tony Atlas. All of these guys, when I was in New Jersey as a, as a young boy watching it, I became a huge fan. And then when I moved, uh, when I would go down to visit my mom in, in North Carolina, I would, because uh, I stayed with my grandmother in New Jersey, uh, I would watch uh, NWA Mid Atlantic and I would watch Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Blackjack Mulligan, Roddy Piper, Dusty Rhodes, name it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably say when I was seven or eight, man, that's when I, 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 I marked out for, for pro wrestling.
2: Wicked, man. And 25 um, research here as well is another passion uh, you had. And you also took part in Tough Man contests. Uh, talk to us about that. Um, what was that all about?
0: Oh, man. Well, that came later. I started, I, because I got into wrestling real late in life. Yeah. Um, like I said, I wanted to I wanted to wrestle when I was young, when I was 16. Um, I played football in high school. Uh, I wanted to then, we didn't have the internet, so so we had the magazines. And so, you know, I would see clips in the magazines where, where you can join wrestling school, like uh Watson School. But that was too far from where I lived. I didn't have no money, so... Uh, At 16, 17, at 17, I graduated high school. I'll give you a background. I graduated high school and moved back to New Jersey because I went to high school with my mom down in uh, where my mother lived at in North Carolina. Moved back to New Jersey, worked a little bit, but then I got married when I was 19. Well, the first time that, yeah, when I when I when <laughs> the first time that I entered a pro wrestling ring, uh, I tried out for uh, Larry Sharp Paul, uh, in Paulsboro, New Jersey, uh, the Monster Factory. Yeah, that was, it. Was on it was on a Tuesday. I tried out. So anyway, I didn't get I didn't get into a wrestling ring. That was 1989. Just to show you how old I am. 1989. Wow. I didn't get into wrestling until 1997. Once I wrestled, uh, once I started wrestling, um, there was times when, I uh, like on the weekends, when we didn't, if I didn't have a show, I, I had to figure out how how am I going to make money? You know, I had a full time job, uh, but I was moonlighting doing a wrestling thing, and so the Tough Man competition came around in my in my area, and I try, I, you know, I just. I signed up for it. You know, it said you can win $1,500. I thought you could win the whole 1500 but there was three different weight classes, so you only get, like, each each weight class, each winner wins 500 out of three weight <laughs> classes, heavyweight, middleweight, lightweight, something like that. Try it out, and uh, the first one I did was at a YMCA in North Carolina. And let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> it's it's one-minute round. But three minutes, I mean, three rounds, three three rounds. So basically just three minutes. But if you never box before, the cardio will kill you. So I was, you know, I was thinking I'm wrestling. I'm, I'm jacked up a little bit, you know, and I think I'm in pretty good shape. But when you start throwing them hands and nothing but hands and you start getting hit, I was like, oh, shit, what the hell? But I wind up beating the guy. The guy was bigger than me. I wind up beating him, got the 500. I said, oh, okay, I like this. So every time that I saw that there was a tough man competition in my state and I wasn't wrestling on that weekend, then I would I would go for it. And I think I did about four. I think I did four, if I'm not mistaken. And uh yeah, I won all four of them,
1: All of them. <laughs> awesome, bro. I'm defeated. <laughs> That's awesome, man.
0: Yeah.
2: Um it
1: so
2: Sorry on.
0: No, I said it was tough, but I did, you know, one all four, so.
2: Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, nah, that's good shit. That's good shit. Uh, so, winding about the clock a little bit, man. Um, so, how did you, how was it that you got into the business? Um, and Who was it that trained you? Uh, how was the process sort of uh, breaking in and um, sort of finding your fate uh, in a wrestling ring?
0: Well, like I said, um, 19 when I started, first time I tried it was in Paulsboro, New Jersey. Um, and... I was so so happy to try out that I had a singlet that I bought. Funny story, and the singlet, you know, it had the Nike sign on the leg. I think on the left leg or whatever, left part of the leg or right leg. I'm not sure. So anyway, I put the singlet on backwards, went into the ring, and uh, did a tryout for Larry Sharp in the Monster Factory. And he told me, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's okay, it's okay, you know, you just need to, you know, up your game or whatever, come back, uh, and pay the cost or whatever, I think it's like 3000 something like that. Like I said, I just got married, I didn't have the money. So we're back to Rochester, New York, and I lived there until I moved to North Carolina in 1996. Moved to North Carolina in 1996, and I know you guys don't know these. You probably don't know the, the distance in areas of these places because you guys live in Australia. But anyway, uh, to the American fans, you know. So I I, I tried out in 1996 for WCW. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, power plant.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I stayed with a friend. I stayed with I had a friend, they uh they let me stay with them in, in uh in Atlanta, in Tucker in Tucker, Georgia, right outside Atlanta. And uh, I said I want to try out for this, this this WCW wrestling and so I tried out it was three day tryout. About thirty guys there and the Sarge, uh Buddy Lee, no uh, yeah. and buddy Parker. Yeah, and yeah he was the um he was the trainer and then you got you had guys that come in um like your trainee guys, like Hardbody Harrison, um, guys like Johnny Swinger, um, and then you had like um, they they were they were like I, I guess they were called they were called like the mid Carters because you had your main Carters like uh, Chris Benoit, Stephen Regal and all those guys. They would come in later. So anyway, Hardbody and some of the other guys uh, they would come in and they would, as we trying out. They would work out with us, try to motivate us. It was a three-day tryout. And I don't know how many squats, how many push-ups, sit-ups. They were guys from uh, college football, I think NFL. I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure the names or whatever. But I kind of overheard some things. 30, about 30 guys. I was one of the three guys that made it.
2: Wow. I can't do that.
0: The last On the last day, which was, was, which was a Friday, the – like some of the guys will come in, like your Crispin Watts and all those guys will come in, like I said. And anyway, they came in, they picked up your checks, or some of them did. And if you look on my Facebook page, you will see a picture with me, Crispin Benoit, and Stephen Regal. Well, that was the last day that I had passed the, the power plant, and I took a picture with those guys and uh, marked out, man. I was like, what? You know, and so uh, because they got in the ring with us and they, they did some things. So anyway, after that, we would go. We they, they, they took us into a room, me and these other two guys. Not together, but they took us and we talked to Mr. Wrestler number two, I think he was, Joey, Joey yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. At that time, he was running it, I think. And he he said the same thing Mr. Sharp said. He said, you know, you gotta pay the money. You know, it's a school you gotta go to and everything. And I said, shit, I still ain't got no more money, man. <laughs> I said, I don't know what to do. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go back to North Carolina. So I went back to North Carolina by that time and uh, started working. So they had a they had a wrestling show uh, at my high school, and my father, he was the custodian guy. At the high school, so you know I got in free. I didn't pay. I got in through the back door. Well, a good friend of mine, now, well, he passed away. His name was Walt McDonald, but they called him Big Slam. He he ran a show at the high school, and on that card was the Hardy Boys: Joey Matthew, Christine York, C. W. Anderson, Steve Carino, Shannon Moore, some other guys. Stacked and. Yeah, was stacked. I was like, <laughs> you know, you look at those <laughs> names. Yeah, Shane Helms. I think, I think he was there. Anyway, so um, I I, I I watched the show and I was like, how do you do this? You know, how do you get into this? So I asked around, and somebody pointed me over to the DJ booth, and the guy that was there, his name was Dan Wright, which is C.W. Anderson, Chris Wright, cousin, their first
1: cousins. All oh, right.
0: Yeah, so he gave me the number, and the school was not too far from my house, my mom's house. And so every Wednesday night, uh, I, I went down and I started training. And C.W. was the was the trainer. It was C.W. and his cousin running the school. And they didn't really have no students at that time. It was just me, um, two other guys. A guy named Laz, he, he did some work in Ring of Honor, Impact, and... Um, years ago. And then there was another guy named Stacy Jones. But CW was also helping out Brad Kane, which is Lodi. Yeah, before Lodi became one of the Ravens flop. So, and then there was a guy named Toad that was also in the mix, mix. And so that's how I started training, man. I started training through CW Anderson. And then there was another guy that came along because CW Anderson Started going to different shows, I think, like, uh, or doing different things where he couldn't train us. And so there was another guy named Gary Simone who also who, who took on the training for us. And so between those two, C.W. Anderson was those three, actually, Dan Wright. Dan Wright, C.W. Anderson, and Gary Simone. But C.W. Anderson was the one who started me out and, and pretty much did most of my training.
1: Awesome, uh, that's man. awesome, man. Yeah, we've had a few people on the show that have uh, crossed paths with CW, and I'm, I know at some point early next year, we're going to hopefully get them on the show to talk about all that. Um, yeah, uh so I Yeah, so from my research, I found that your first matches were in 1997. Is that correct? Yeah, I
0: think it was 1997. I think it was not too long after I started training, actually. It was like I said, there was a guy named Gary Simone. They called him a Big Trucker, a Mad Trucker. And uh, he did some work, some indie work, uh, not indie work, but dark matches in WWE years ago. Uh, but not, not a big name uh, yeah. like that. But anyway, he knew his stuff. And so he was booked on a show in North Carolina somewhere. And it was at a, like a trailer uh, trailer park where they sold trailers, you know, houses. Was outside. So, so there were maybe 10 people, you know, because these people are trying to sell houses, and you don't get that many people coming in. It's not like a mall show or anything like that. Well, so a couple of guys didn't show up for the, for the match. Excuse me. And he had a pair of extra trunks, and I didn't even have gear yet and and boots but luckily we wore, we wore the same size size 12 and he said "Chili, need you in there i'm gonna put you in the ring and i was shitting in my pants I was, even though it was like probably 10 to 5 people i was like i've been training i don't know for almost less than a month you know and you here i here i am uh, i mean what do i do He just he said just listen to me and you know we'll go from there and i remember uh he said you gonna you do you have any music in your car or whatever? I said, No, I really don't have the no music like you know, we, we had CDs, but I didn't I didn't think of no music of what I wanted to come out to. He said, Okay, what you're gonna come out to is the black the black crows. And so I came out to the music black crows, uh wore a pair of gray trunks, I think, red boots with the black star. And the rest is history, man. I was I was wrestling ever since, you know, and it was it was interesting, you know. I, I went in. I had no clue what was going on. I was like deer in the headlight, you know. Uh, the only thing that I did know was when I when I walked to the ring, and when I walked to the ring, outside. I mean, it, before I even walked to the ring, it felt like I was going to throw up. I was like, what the? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you got that feeling of, oh, shit, this is really happening. You know, and this is stuff that I've been watching on television, you know, watching Jimmy Snooker and Bob Backlund walk to the ring and Ric Flair, and, and here I am, you know. And, um, you know, I got in there and I guess did what I had to do, and, and uh, I, don't, I don't even remember the match, really. It was just,
1: <laughs> I just thought
0: I got my <laughs>
1: I'll do my
0: ass
1: if That's all I know. <laughs> that's awesome, man. It's it's so prevalent with a lot of our interviews. Uh, that a lot of guys' first matches end up being because they were just thrust into this thing at the last second because someone didn't show up. So yeah, everyone has a lot of similar stories. That's for sure. Yes, exactly. Um, so uh, I, I wanted to guess fast forward a little bit in the timeline here and just ask you how you you know, finally got noticed and uh, or signed by ECW was it CW Anderson having a little bit of influence there? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: It was it, we um like I was working on the independent circuit, you know, and just working matches, certain matches and things like and things like that. And um, you know, I was I was working. You know, sharing the locker room with some of your stars now, like you know the, the Hardy Boys, like I said, uh, Shane Helms, Hurricane Helms, and C.W. Anderson, Chris, uh, uh, Chris, um, Cur- Cur- uh, Steve Carino. I'm sorry, Steve Carino, yep. and, and things like that. And um, you know, I remember doing a show. Just a quick, quick story. We did a show in somewhere in Mount Airy, North Carolina, and there was three people in the crowd. We're not even talking about the people that was doing concession. Three people in the crowd. And so, like I said, you got guys like in the Hardy Boys was on this show, Shane Helms, uh, CW, a bunch of guys. I'm just starting out really doing, you know, doing a couple of months or maybe a year or two into the business. And um, (laughs) we do a battle royal because there's only three people in the crowd. (laughs) Well, you know, when you do things like that, you only only show guys like that, you know, they remember you and everything. And even though CW trained me, you know, he he would look out for his students and things like that. And so we did another show, and um, I think we were at some bar for um, SCW, a guy named Grob out of North Carolina, he would, he would book a lot of guys, a lot of talent guys from North Carolina. Same names, you know, before they made it really big. And so we did a show it was in Durham somewhere and I cut the promo and Steve Carino and CW was there and they said, man, you, we got to take you uh, we, we had to take you with us to one of our shows, my ECW show. I, and, and mind you, I had no clue what ECW was. Oh, really? I
1: think
0: this was 2000 year 2000 2001 or something 2000 I think year 2000. I had no clue what ECW was cuz I I didn't follow it cuz I didn't have um I guess the, the certain type of cable that would bring in ECW. I just didn't I just didn't know what it was. It was I was on I kinda, the Sunshine
1: Network or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of knew
0: I kind of knew Paul Paul Dangerously because he was in you know uh, Mid Atlantic and, st- and things like that. Uh, WCW or whatever, and so I kind of knew that name, but I didn't know that he was the, the owner or whatever. I didn't know who Tommy Dreamer was, didn't know who Sandman was, didn't know who New Jack was, didn't know who wow. nobody. Was. <laughs> I didn't know. Who was. Well, when I was training, when I was training, there was a guy named Toad that was helping. Also got into the business. He also wanted to go because him, he wanted to go to ECW first. It was, it, I think it was he brought CW to an ECW show. This guy named Toad. Yeah. Well, they did a tryout. They did a tryout, and CW was the one who got booked. And so, the whole time though, before that, Toad would talk about the Dudleys, you know, Devon and Bubba Ray. I I, I, had no clue. I had no clue who these guys were. So anyway, <laughs> they they invite me to a show, I think in Washington DC, and I just I just. Sat back and just, you know, I was carrying bags. I think I was just hanging out with C.W. and Steve. No, it was in, it was in North Carolina. Aspera. So I went to one of the shows, and I was standing by the table, the autograph table, autograph signing. And a kid came up to me and said, can I get your autograph? And i never forget this. The new Jack, he probably won't never forget. He, he probably don't remember this. <laughs> but he didn't even know me. He didn't even know me. He didn't get he didn't get crazy with me or anything like he just told the kid he said hey he ain't with us <laughs> 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 he don't work for ECW <laughs> he, said, he said he just he just standing over there I I didn't say anything I was like okay all right you know it's a show <laughs> <laughs> this is this is theirs I don't I ain't got shit to do with it you know but uh, that that weekend we did they did a show in, in Couple places, I think North Carolina. So, anyway, we did a, they did a, they would have tryouts or workouts, should I say. They would have workouts before their their show. And I would get in the ring and I'd work out with those guys, so, you know, some of the guys, like the ring guys or whatever. But that wasn't until later. I think how I got on, I think was, like I said, CW and Steve Carino. Introduced me to the guys. Well, they had some shenanigans going on in a hotel one night, and there was a bunch of boys in the room, and then there were some females in the room, and you know how that went. Yeah. So I was there. I was. I was also there, and <laughs> the shenanigans went on, and let's just say they were cool. With they were cool too. Really, they was like, "Yo, man, this guy's cool." You know, Jack Victory, those guys. They were like, "He, he's pretty cool." And so I think the next day or the, or the next week or whatever, I started doing a workout with them. And then after the workout, I think it was in Virginia. Um, yeah. Tommy said, he booked me. He said, you, you can, you can, you can wrestle the first match with uh, like a dark match with uh, Julio De Niro. Great guy. And, um, uh, I was I was shitting in my pants because it was a large crowd. This was like the largest crowd I've ever been in, in front of. And then, you know, you got guys like Raven, just incredible, and those guys in the back. And I'm like, oh snap, you know? And so I was <laughs> the curtain jerker. You know, I, I was a curtain jerker for a long time. For just about the whole just about all my career in ECW till I got with balls and you know, and I didn't mind, man. I just I was just glad to work to, to, to wrestle. And I did a, um, my charisma was great. You know, it was good. I would come out dancing, and thing like that. So if people didn't know who I was, and and the ECW crowd will let you know that they they don't know you. Because if you fuck up, they'd be like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Who
1: the fuck are you?
0: (laughs) so I didn't, I was like, man, I I I had heard that at the show before, and I was like, I don't want that. (laughs) <laughs> so at least I said if I can't wrestle that good, at least I can I can dance and and uh and they said where do you want to be built from? I said, I, let's just say I'm built from here, from Virginia, West Virginia, or Richmond, Virginia, wherever we were we, we were at. And that's how I got the name Everyone's Everyone's Homeboy. Uh, because every town that I go to, I will say that I'm from that town. So that <laughs> from- right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, I didn't imagine Julio, Julio carried me. Man, let me tell you, just about everybody I've been in the ring with carried my black ass. They carried me because I was like a deer to him. like, bro. I mean, I can wrestle, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I can, I can do pretty good. Now I'm much better. But, you know, back then I was so green and I was so, I was so naive. When it came to in in ring psychology, psychology, and, and knowing everything, you know, I'm not one of these guys that get up here on on a show, podcast show, and be like, "Yeah, I was the shit. I was no man. I saw <laughs> It was guys carrying my, butt, you know, what got me over was my look, you know. I now that I I, I took a little bit of pride in. I, I I didn't come in, you know, because you, you you don't wear a t shirt. You have your body has to look decent. You know, I wasn't no John Cena or no Ivan Husky, but I was pretty decent. I, I had a pretty decent body, and so um, I think that's what Paul and, and Tommy kind of saw in me a little bit. You know, they because they were put me in matches, and I was like, you know, okay, all right, that's cool, you know. And but uh, yeah, so that's how I kind of got noticed. And then um, after that match with Julio, that was my first match. Tommy said, uh, because I think Angel and those guys wanted to get off the ring crew. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: So they found him. That's the guinea pig right there. Get that guy. (laughs) He said, you want to wrestle? Get on a ring crew. And so Tommy said, I can't pay you much. I'll pay you $75 to be on a ring crew, $75 to wrestle. It's guaranteed. I was never on the contract, but I was always guaranteed that amount of money. And it was little money but I didn't care. I just wanted to wrestle. And so I, I kinda quit my job, man. I didn't kinda quit my job. I did.
2: <laughs> wow. And that's
0: how yeah, that's how I
1: got to wrestle ECW. <laughs> that's an incredible story, that's man. Honestly, amazing. just just these. Oh man, you not even knowing who any of the guys are going in as well, which probably made it even more scary. You seeing what the ECW product was before you actually wrestled, you're probably like, "Holy shit, I haven't been doing shit like this." Uh, so I, I, that's I, I, <laughs> that's amazing. I, I, um,
0: I had no idea that Baldwin Mahoney was a chair shot guy. Jack would stab your ass. And, I, and, and, and Sandman would cane your ass. And all three of those guys I was stuck with at one point in my career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I was, and I was like, what? You know, Flaming Tables match. I didn't know anything about that. You know, when I when, when I did not do my homework, I did not study ECW. I'm, I'm not type of guy like that. I mean, I love wrestling. I love things to do. If, if I love something... Um, I'm going to just focus on that one thing. Everything else around it kind of, you know, I don't really, you know. So, they, so like, even in wrestling, I'm not a guru guy in wrestling. You know, when I was training guys here, my students here, they would ask me about certain Japanese wrestlers. And I was like, man, I don't know a single Jap- – I, I don't t- – Tajiri? That's about it <laughs> because I wrestled with EW.
1: Other than
0: that, I don't know a single Japanese guy wrestler – Whatever you know, and they would they would ask me certain questions. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. I'm, i you know, because, and then once I get out of something, I kind of get out of it. You know, what I mean, I don't really stick around, linger around, if it doesn't interest me, because I get bored really quick. But yeah, I was, I'm sad. Sad to say, man, I didn't know no one in ECW, man. I didn't even <laughs> know Snooker have hadn't had even wrestled in ECW. I didn't know where the arena was. If you. If you took me to Philadelphia right now, I couldn't even tell you what the, the the ECW Arena is.
1: <laughs> I think it's on the corner I of Rickner and something or else. <laughs>
2: couldn't tell
0: you know, so but you know, I'm just glad. You know, I, I I say to God, God the Creator has a way of making certain dreams come true for you if you if you persist if you stick with it you know and I had no idea that I was gonna go down that road I was looking at WWE or ec or WCW yeah you know and um, that's what I was looking at you know but I'm glad I'm so glad that my my life went that route I'm so glad I'm so glad that I did experience ECW and all the guys and girls I mean I had a ball you know if if no one else did Chili really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that one. That last year, that you know, they were going through hell and everything. Yeah. For me, it didn't really bother me because I was only getting seventy-five, seventy-five, hundred forty, hundred and what, hundred forty dollars, hundred and forty dollars just to wrestle.
2: So you know, hey. You'd never hear about anyone getting paid that sort of money in a in a company like as big as ESW Got man, but I think the best part of, about that whole thing is. It was ECW, like,
1: yeah. I
2: don't think at the time you would have realised it, but looking back on it, like, fucking incredible, like, I would wrestle at ECW for fucking $70. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that debut was in
1: Norfolk, Virginia on the 12th of February, Uh, and then I guess we're throwing over to you, Jack, to talk about something that happened on March 18th, 2000, and I'm interested to see if you can uh, pronounce his opponent correctly.
2: Oh, God, Okay. (laughs) So you work against Scott Damore and Tom Marquez before making oh, Marquez. your. Marquez. Marquez. <laughs> you. See, I'm never going to get this shit right without, he- <laughs> without you saving me, eh? I'm pronounced. sorry. I'm sorry, bro. I, know, I, I need it. Uh, Say it yes. one more time. <laughs> Tom Marquez. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, before making your ECW uh, TV debut on March 10th, 2000. Against HC H- Loke, who was under a referee that wrestled sometimes under the gimmick at the time. I don't know if that fucking made any sense, Carl. He,
1: he was, he was, he was, sorry, I've, I've written it wrong. He was a referee that wrestled sometimes. That yeah. so was the gimmick at the time. Right.
2: Yeah. Sorry, Mark, Jack. Richard. Right. <laughs> right. So, first, first thing was like, you've already been working these dive matches. How was your, like, what was your reaction to um, being told oh, you're going to be on TV tonight?
1: Yeah, it's just, a mu- just over a month later and he's going on television. Can you believe that? <laughs> um, well, let me tell you what
0: happened, how I got there. I, I there, how I got to the television thing, I think was, no, 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 I, don't, I can't remember. I can't, I really, I can't remember how, I thought that I got on television because of the big fight we had at XPW, but I think, I don't think that was because I was on television. I think I stopped on the ring crew that after that day, we had a big fight uh, XPW um, out of California. And uh, I just remember me, Balls, Kid Cash, we were just kicking ass. Uh, A lot of us outside (laughs) were just kicking ass. I I just remember beating up somebody, yelling at a police officer. And then Paul Paul came out of a back door of the arena, and I ran over to protect him or something and pushing guys around, and after that, after that whole melee, and we were taking down the, the ring, the, the ring, I remember Paul called me over with Tommy and said, hey, you know, uh, you're, you're gonna be up, starting next week, you're gonna be off the ring crew, uh, you're gonna start flying the shows, but I can't remember, I think I was, I think I was doing TV, I was on television before that, but I'm not sure, all I remembered, all I remember. Is that I was doing a lot of dark matches. <laughs> that's all I remember. You know, I, I I didn't care if I was on television because to me it didn't to me it didn't really uh, I didn't feel any different if I was doing a dark match or on television. Uh, maybe because they were setting up. That's why you do dark matches. Is you know I, at least in, at least in WWE they would they would set up the cameras for the right yeah. angles and, when does the dark match, you know, they get the, but when I was at ECW, man, you know, I would wrestle Giant Swinger a lot, uh, Billy Wild, um, uh, Rodney Mack, uh you know, guys like that, I think, but I don't remember, I, and Tom Marquez, that was a good buddy of mine, man, I, I don't know how he's doing now, but I, if you guys talk to him, tell him I said hello, um, but, um, uh, I I just don't remember. I don't even – you guys have more information than I do because I don't even remember that day.
1: Uh, I believe uh, Steve Carino brought you out to fight the referee in a match, and the referee ended up getting the win over you. Uh,
0: Okay. Well, I think I remember something like that. I just don't remember. Was that in Danbury, Connecticut? No. That wasn't in Danbury. I don't don't remember. I wish I had the video, you know, because, like, I I don't even see – I don't even see having my – my my um, matches you know, um, but, but yeah that was, I can't remember it.
1: <laughs> <I don't> remember <laughs> That's fine, Loss bro. We can, we
0: can we move on. awesome. Um. You know we had a little click. You know, I think every in ECW everyone had their own certain click that they hook that they hung out with, and um, hung out with me. With the ring crew guys, you know, me, HZ Lowe, Tom Marquez, Mike Keener, the referee. Uh, that was pretty much it. The guys like that, that was on the ring crew. Um, and then you guys, you guys, you, you had guys like, um, you know, Angel DeVito and all those guys, uh, CW, uh, Simon Diamond, those guys hang out. And then you had your other top level. Much top level guys, your stars, big stars like Rob Van, Dan, Jack, you know. Um, <laughs> and then you have within that crew, you would have the guys that smoke weed, <laughs> and then the guys who did the hardcore drugs. And then you have guys like us who's just sitting there looking, you know, like, What's up? You know, we just want to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about it, the thing about it, we were all a family. You fuck with one of us, you got to fuck with all of us. All of us. You know, and, 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 and that was a thing. And I think that's the difference. I don't know. I think that's the difference now because when I got out of ECW, even I went OBW, the, the locker room had changed as I came back from the military. Wrestling had changed a little bit. So, and I know you got to change with the with the time, but the 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 camaraderie with the wrestlers, man. We were a tight knit group, you know. No matter what, we were we were just tight as hell, you know. But we had our levels, you know. It was like the bottom feeders, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the ring crew, and then you had your mid guys, and then you had your superstars, you know. I mean, so it was like, but everyone was a superstar. But I'm talking like your big, big superstar, like your Rob Van Dam's and yeah. Jerry Lynn's and Greeno type shit, you know. So, but yeah, I don't remember that that that, that when I was on TV because it didn't I guess it didn't feel any different. I didn't get paid no.
1: <laughs> look, I didn't uh, get
0: paid no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll um I'll, I'll get I'll get the footage of the match for you and I'll send it your way after uh, the interview, thanks. so thanks. you can check it out. Um. So, uh, there is a feud your first feud in ECW, your you feud with Johnny Swinger. You're working with him, and your pay per view debut is at WrestlePalooza 2000 on April 16th in St. Louis. Uh, what's it like working with Johnny? Well, first of all, how you
0: guys get all that information? I can't get none of that information. Oh man, that's,
1: that's just awesome. research, bro. You, in,
0: that's research you, bro. you
1: guys
0: must be in a W in, in a wrestling CIA or something. <laughs>
1: Cagematch.net. Uh, if um, you go to Cagematch.net, that me has me. every <laughs> result of every match anyone's ever had. Bro, send me that link, including I mean, your win-loss record.
0: Link yeah, give me give me send me that link later. But it, like, like I said before, back in '96 when I was um, when I tried off with WCW, you know, like I said, you had your guys come in for training. Johnny Swinger was one of them. Right? Because he was on television early back in WCW. And so, you know, I would see him, I see him come into, not really know, I just knew him on television, knew about him on television, like guys like Chuck Palomo and guys Felix, Felix Felix or whatever, I forget his name. But anyway, so, yes, yes, yes. So anyway, when I got to ECW and... Paul started booking us, either Paul or Tommy, whoever, whichever one was doing this, and, and it was Johnny Swinger. You know, I was like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> but, but I was like, but I mean, I was marking up, but I was like, oh, wow. You know, here I am. I'm, I saw this guy years ago back in WCW once, and now I'm wrestling him. Not only am I wrestling him, but I went over on him. A couple of times, I think. <laughs> yeah, he so, did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'm like, I, so so I'm shitting in my pants, like, what though, you know? And it's um, it was incredible that you know they let me go over it because Johnny Swinger was carrying the whole fucking match. Oh my, my god, he would tell me do this, do that, do this, do this, do, this, do that, you know? And uh, he was he was really nice working with me, man. He was really. You know, I, I don't have a bad word about Johnny Swinger, man. He, he was he was really nice, easy with me. Never never got upset with me if I fucked up or anything. Actually, nobody did. There was nobody in ECW if I fucked up any match or anything like that, or there was no one who, who, who went off or anything because I don't know if it was because I don't know. They just did. They were really nice to me, you know, so, uh, and I respected, you know, all of that. And, um, but yeah, that was that was quite interesting, you know. And um, so I remember, though, I remember being in the military, being in basic training. And when you're in basic training, you 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 you're you're away from television, everything. Well, one day we had mail come into our into our uh, our camp, and it was at nighttime when you get mail, and if you get some. Crazy ass letter, and your drill sergeant see it. He's gonna make the whole platoon do push push-ups and before you go to bed. Well, a magazine comes in, the pro wrestling magazine, illustrated magazine came in. I I forgot what year, but anyway, it had a picture of me over top on a second rope, punching down on Johnny Swinger. And so when my drill sergeant saw that he made a spectacle out of me you know they loved it but I was like you know he put me he pulled me out in front of everyone and in, in front of all my my peers I had to do push-ups and then when we go to chow hall the captains knew about it it was like the whole battalion knew about it and I was in Fort Drum, New York but I did uh, I'm sorry I was in uh, this fort bidding Fort Georgia. And so everyone everyone knew by then that there was a wrestler in the battalion. And so
1: <laughs>
0: would, I would perform. but but I got special I got special care also. But uh yeah, I remember that, you know. Like I said, Johnny is a good guy, man. Damn good guy. Wicked man. I think he's still
1: is he still who is he on, with now? Isn't it he's with impact wrestling now?
0: Okay. I don't He's even watch gone. Impact. I don't even. I can't even watch. No, but that. Do I. the right.
2: yeah. Johnny Swinger's still going strong, man. He's still going strong in Impact. Um, That's awesome. I wanted to ask you about uh, Steve Carino. Uh, what was your experience, um, sort of working uh, with him and being with him on the ECW roster? I know um, throughout 2000 he was uh, a mainstay there. So I, uh, it would have been awesome to sort of um, sort of learn from during your uh, first uh, early early year there at ECW.
0: Yes. Steve Carino was, like I said, he got me into ECW, him and, him and CW. Um, and so I I knew Steve in, on the independent circuit a little bit. Like I said, excuse me, the first time I saw him was in my old high school before I started wrestling. But uh, I used to wrestle with a guy promotion in, in North Carolina and Steve Carino's parents lived down there also. And so I remember one night, uh, I I remember one night we we were going to do a wrestling show. Well, the next was, which was on a Saturday. That Friday night we were driving and we were close to Steve's hometown. Well, something happened to my stomach, my side. So I thought I got really sick, really, you know, just eating something, McDonald's or something. Turned out it was uh, my appendix,
1: Oh, and
0: shit. yeah, didn't know it. So, so we we crashed at Steve Carino's dad's house because Steve Carino's dad, um, he was doing like a like an agent type thing. He was he was getting wrestlers or whatever, and so I was one of his guys. And we stayed at stayed at his house. The next morning, which is Saturday, we were supposed to have a wrestling show. Well, I they had to take me to the clinic. And had to go in the hospital for about three days. And they took the appendix out. They said if I would have wrestled, it would have ruptured or whatever. It would have been really bad. Anyway, Steve Carino's mom and dad was the one who helped me those three days, paid my doctor's bill, everything, everything. Um, So I I owed them a, a huge debt gratitude for that. And that goes to show you that the, the level of how nice it, not only Steve Carino was but his family. And when I was wrestling at ECW man, it was you know I I didn't have that much contact with Steve. Um maybe only like you said if they that that time well where, where I was on the on the, the TV show, I mean the TV match with H C Lope, but I didn't do a lot with Steve Carino in in ECW. That's the thing about it. If you are, if you are lower on the total pole, you're gonna be here. They may pull you out and make you, you know, let you wrestle with these guys over here, but you don't really, you don't really hang out and really understand and know what's going on because you don't really, um, you don't hang out with them. Yep. And so Steve Carino was like up here with all these guys with the Jack Victories, Rob Van Dam, Just Incredible, you know, guys like that. And where I was down this way, and if I came in contact with them, when it came to wrestling, it was only because they were trying to run an angle or something like that. Yeah. And so, but I didn't really, I didn't really hang out. I didn't fly with them, didn't, didn't do anything, you know. Just, you know, you see them in the locker room and that's it. I knew my place. Yeah. More
2: like the
1: Rocks in Millier Rule.
2: <laughs> enough, <right>? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any stories of any uh, interactions with uh, Paul Heyman, uh, particularly during the time, uh, around the time where there was issues uh, with TNN that were evolving? Um, what's, what was your interaction with uh, Paul Heyman around that time? And what was it like behind the scenes as issues with TNN uh, were arising?
0: I can't hear the last part when he was. We're doing ECW.
2: Yeah, yeah, and uh, the issues with TNN uh, were arising. So what was that oh, like okay, uh, behind okay, the okay. scenes? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Like I said, um, you know, I can't, I can't state it no more. No, you know, I can't explain yeah. it no more because it's, it's. You really have to understand that it's like um. It's like a it's like a family. Okay, when you have children. And you you tell the you have the children eat at this table here. If, you know if you have a big if you have a big family reunion, and then the, the adults eat here. Not saying that we were yeah. children. It was just that the ring crew guys. We were only, we were taking orders pretty much from Paul I mean, from Tommy.
1: Yeah right. And
0: um, you know so, Paul whatever he discussed with Tommy, then it would trickle down, to us after Tommy. Would tell. The other guys like Angel and CW and Chris and Steve Carino, all those guys, and so we it was almost like we were the last to know. <laughs> the the Ring guys, we were just like We we were either put the the ring, putting the ring up, or we or we are tearing it down, waiting to find out where we're going next, and all so. Right. Um, the only time I really had interaction with Paul, really, was uh, when I f- when I first first started, because Tommy introduced me to him. And then that time we had a fight in in California, and he said that you know I'm gonna go, I'm gonna start flying, get off the ring crew, whatever, because um, yeah. he was really stoked about that. He was like, "You're a fighting motherfucker, you're not." Well, he didn't say motherfucker, he probably said fucker. He said, You're a fighting fucker, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and uh, he so said, You know, we will see Tommy, I mean, we would see uh, Paul come in and out every so often, but during that time, uh, we would hear you know, rumblings of you know, we're gonna get a TNT deal or whatever, or the deal was falling, and talk and, and Paul was going to WWE. Uh, there was times when he didn't make the show or he did not he didn't go to the show and Tommy would come and tell us, let let you know, let us know what's going on. Uh, but you know everyone's just everyone was still doing their job. You know, um guys were you could tell the upper guys were, were like pissed off, you know, Luke Jack yeah. and guys like that, you know, uh Sandman and you know, balls and Jerry Lynn, whoever, they were just prancing. They were, they were fucking, they were hot, because I guess they were, I don't know, I, I, I'm quite sure they were on the contract. And um, like I said, I was just getting my $140 and I was happy as a fucking goat eating grass, you know. I like, <laughs> you know? I don't care, I drive from wherever, you know what I mean? And so um, there was times when we were doing, like we would do warm-ups before the show, and Guys would come in and try to try out from 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 different areas, and me and Tom Marquez would just beat the shit out of them, because we we had to do something to not not pop the boys, but we were kind of frustrated too because it was like if if they were frustrated, then the morale was was, was if the morale was low, then it was just low all over, and so we saw that guys like Fonzie and. You know, these they guys were mad. And I remember we were in New Orleans and these two big guys, man, they were big as fuck. And they were twins. I think they got a run in WWE at one time. I'm not sure. But they came and tried out big ball guys. They were ball headed.
1: Uh, the Shane twins.
0: Shane? So, uh, I, I don't know. But they were, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: they, 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 did a, they did a small stint in WWE. But anyway, they tried out. And I remember Fozzie came in, and Fozzie said, Chili, beat the fuck out of them. He told me and Tom, he said, beat the fuck out of them. And we, and he said, blow them up, beat the fuck out of them. And we ran these guys to death, man. We, we ran these guys running ropes. We didn't really hit them. We were just running ropes, you know, doing bumps to the point where they just like, Fuck, we done. We can't, we can't hang in ECW. But, t- but Paul wasn't there. You know, there's a lot of times. You know, like I said, Paul wasn't there, and people were just like, they were just mad, and it was just like, if you were, if you were an outsider, you trying to come in at ECW? Whoo, man! You, you didn't get no love at all. And the first two guys that were gonna stomp your, bre- stomp your ass with me and Tom. After we put up the, the ring, they would tell us to go and work these guys out you know, and so that's, awesome. that's, what we, that's what we did, you know we were just, I mean you're talking about heat and we were just, ah, I mean
1: stiff as fuck ah, ah
0: <laughs> you know, and, and so that was the thing, you know And until so Tommy said, you know, hey, okay, that's enough <laughs> Tommy was always the cool he was, the father. he was like the cool big brother you know, that's enough, alright that's enough, you know <laughs> I I I remember when we beat up uh, well not beat him up but we we, we really worked out at that time. Mickey James was not in WWE. Yeah, so her boyfriend came to try out for ECW. We were in Virginia somewhere. BC. We had a show somewhere. Bro, we worked this guy out so bad. I can't think of the guy's name. I don't think he's a wrestler or anything. But I mean. We just put the brake we, we just whew, we worked him out bad, you know, and, and and that was that was funny because after I went to the military and I came back and I saw Mickey James and I was like I, remember, I was like, I remember just a couple of years ago she was her boyfriend was trying off for E C W and now she's a big star and I was like, Oh my God, you know, oh. yeah. you know but anyway yeah, that was just some of the things, though. You know, we yeah. we didn't see Tommy. I mean, we didn't see Paul that much, you know. So everyone after, was pissed off about the fact that Paul wasn't happen.
1: showing up very much. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. Tommy at the
0: time was taking money from the merch, paying guys, you know. Yeah, so yeah. So as long as I got, like I said,
1: as long, long as I got my $140, man, I was good. <laughs> uh, I know uh, later on in uh, I know later on in 2000 you started to team with the Sandman a little bit. I just want to know if you had any uh, funny mm. Sandman stories uh, uh, interactions with him because he's always uh, a funny guy. The,
0: the the you know Sandman taught me a lot. Also, he would he would he would lecture lecture me a lot. You know certain things him, and Balls, and, and New Jack. You know, they would just tell me, you know, you to, you need to be more confident in yourself and your ability and, and things like that. And um, But it wasn't a tag. All of my matches, if you go back and look, especially when I tagged with, if I tagged with uh, Balls, if I tagged with, you know, I didn't ever really tag with New Jack. It was just more like a run-in. He would run in and beat up people, and I would just be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. It, it was sort of like the same thing. It wasn't like he was waiting on the outside of the ring, waiting for me to give him the hot tag. It was none of that bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just more of I would come down, or you know, get in, or I'm doing something, and he would he would just show up in the crowd, and uh, you know, his music hit. And he just started clearing out <laughs> the house, and so. Um, but but far as and and then like I said once. Once these, these these matches would take places, would take place, and they would end. Like I said, these guys go back to their crew. I will go back to my crew. You know, as soon as we hit the dressing room, it's not like it's not like uh, I would get in, in in the dressing room and I hang around, Sandman "Man, and say, hey, you know, it, you know, I was everything. I ain't asking shit. You know, I didn't I, I didn't say how did I do. That's one thing I don't. I, I'm not. I, I did. I never said." How was my? How was this? Or how was that? They're gonna tell you if your shit stink or if it was pretty good. You know, he yeah. would say, you know, this is what you need to do, blah, blah blah blah. And so, I didn't really have any funny stories with guys like that. You know, it's just um, if if I saw something like when they had the show in Florida, and he was he was he was tanked out of his mind, and uh, that was the show. He went out. He went out to the show and. Pants was hanging down, and um, he was just drunk. You know, the war. I think we were there, and the warlord was there. Um, I don't know. He was just visiting or whatever. But yeah. Sandman was. I mean, he was. He was just messed up. You know. So that was some <laughs> funny things about him. You know. And then I think him and when new, him and New Jack had a fight or something like that. I was in the locker room, saw that. You know. Uh, but that was about it. You know. You see these guys, and you. You may we 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 may be at this the the same hotel or whatever, and you may walk across or walk by their room, and you'll see certain guys in their room doing certain things, you know. Then these are the guys over here doing their thing, you know. And that was it. But when we got to the arena, you know, or or we go to the club, and uh, you know we just walk in free because who we are and Sandman just, you know, I would see guys be like. Hey Hack, what do you want? Hack tell him what he wants. This guy go run and get his shit, you know, and (laughs) we're all sitting at the table laughing. I'm like, damn, you know, it's like the mafia, you know, he's the godfather, you know, like God knows, you know, so
1: things like that, you know, but um yeah, no, that's cool, man. (laughs) Um So I know uh, ECW Guilty as Charged 2001, which is on January 7th, 2001. It's your final ECW appearance. Uh, you tagged with balls to face Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger. Uh, any memories of this and the final days of ECW? Was that, at the, uh, was
0: that, was that in New York? Yeah, was, I think the
1: Hammerstein, the Hammerstein. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember doing that with them because I, I, think we also did a, I did one with, with with um, Sam and also, but the one with Simon Diamond and um, Johnny Swinger, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That was I I enjoyed that you know and um, you know Rhino coming Rhino. Let me tell you that you know he. Was an awesome guy. He's, he's an awesome, he's still a good friend of mine. And um, every now and then, we talk on Facebook or whatever. But, you know, he really also helped me out a lot too. And so, I, I enjoyed uh, wrestling with him. Uh, Dawn Marie, when I was in the military, uh, she, she would write me letters and Simon Diamond, you know, they were really good that's nice. Good people, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, going get ready to go to war, and they were like, you know, hey, chilli, be safe, blah blah blah. i was like, okay, and um, but yeah, uh, tagging with balls was awesome, you know. Like I said, we didn't do like a we didn't do like a real real tag that, like you know, he like I said, he, he's on the outside waiting to get tagged tagged in. It was just we would go and face the Baldies, or we face um Simon Diamond and those guys. And it was just uh, it was it was just a ball, man. You know, especially the one when we was in Chicago. I think that was my more memorable one. The, you know, the flame and table match with uh, the Baldies.
1: Yeah, that would have been that be interesting.
0: Yeah, that was that was that was a nice one, you know. And uh, like I said, I had never I had never did my research on the 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 flaming tables. You know, I never seen Devon or or, or, Bubba or them do anything, you know, because I, I didn't go back and watch. And so when they said in Chicago we're going to do a Flamings tables match, I was like, what?
1: <laughs>
0: I was like, who's going <laughs> – I thought, I thought I was going through the table because I was the young buck. And they said, no, you're <laughs> not going through the table. I think DeVito said, do you see anybody else here with, with their shirt off? You're the only one walking – with some tights and no shirt on. <laughs> Do you really think you're to go to a table? And I thought about it. I was like a deer in the headlight, like staring at a headlight. Like I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm not,
2: I'm not going to the table.
0: And so and so I, seriously, I looked at all three of them. I was like, all three of them? I was like, balls have on a t-shirt. Angel has on a t-shirt. DeVito has on a t-shirt. I'm the only one that don't have a t-shirt on. And I was like, okay, alright, yeah, so I'm not going through the table. And, and seriously, it was like almost ten minutes before the match. I was really happy because I thought, I thought I was going through the table. I was like, oh shit, they gonna put me through a fire? I said, I said, oh no, I'm gonna get burned and everything. And I'd never seen the Dudley Boys do it or anything like that. I just, I didn't know that was like a tradition. I was like, you know, okay. And so <laughs> when we did it, you know, I was just like, I was trying to light my lighter. And I was like, this shit ain't light. I was like, balls, it's not lighting. <laughs> I got it. I said, okay, wow, you know. But um, you know, that was just doing those times. I was good, you know. I just enjoyed it, you know. And I, I think the Baldy feud was probably one of my best that I that I enjoyed, you yeah. know, balls and everything like that. So for those guys was fun to work with, Angel. Any time me and him would would start wrestling or whatever, we take it through the crowd. I can tell him do this and do that. He'll he'll just do it or whatever, and or he'll say do this and do that, you know. So yeah, that was that was pretty cool, you know. The, the, the one with Simon Diamond and and, and uh, Johnny Swinger, that was just like a we go in boom boom boom, blue meanie, and Rhino would just come in and just bam, you know. Yeah. And so. Uh, you know that was so, oh, and, and, and even Jasmine St. Clair, you know, when she was there, you know, I didn't even know who the fuck she was. I was like, <laughs> yeah. they were like, the porn, they, were, they were like the porn star, of Jasmine. And so I think someone, either Tom or either AC Lo, said something like, or either Mike Keener. I'm not quite sure. They were like, she's the one that did all those guys, you know, in the porn, did a hundred guys or something like that. I said, like, really? That hurt? <laughs> so, I was like, get the fuck out. So. So, so the time that me and Blue Meanie did our did our, our, our little thing there, and then I I was I kissed him.
1: No, I kissed her or something, and then I was supposed yeah. to kiss him. Yeah, you grabbed her uh, yeah. and you, you kissed her, and then when you turned around, Meanie grabbed you and he kissed you. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yes, I thought that was <laughs> a funny you know. But before that, before
0: going to the ring, I was it's Jasmine Saint Clair. I said, "Shit, I wish." I wish after this show this shit could really get down, you know. <laughs> I, was, I was like, no, I don't think that. I'm just a ring crew.
2: <laughs> never know, bro. You never know.
0: FD <laughs> Jack. Yeah, so, yeah. that shit was funny, man. That, you know, we you know we had good times like that, you know. Um, me, like I said, me and Rhino did pretty decent, you know, and uh, he would help me out a lot. I don't know if Paul was trying to get me to go against him for something when it came to the... I think one time he had a television title or something.
1: Yeah, man. I'm
0: not
1: sure. Yeah. Three
2: so, nights ago, right?
0: But
2: I just had I, <laughs> three nights ago, yeah. dude, I fucking opened a random episode of Hardcore TV or something. And I remember sitting on my PS4 controller, I just... One of these so like Cross... Fast forward, and I remember the first thing I saw as soon as I pressed play again was you whacking the fuck out of Rhino with a steel chair dude. Like when you're sitting on the top rope, if you remember <laughs> it, and it was just the most stiff yeah. chair shot ever. That that was the first thing I I saw watching. <laughs> this is three nights ago, very very recent man, and uh, and I ended up watching the rest of the match, man. It was fucking wicked. So. um I wanted to chime in and just tell you that story there, man, because that was a little funny moment I had to, a couple of nights ago because I just saw the chair, and I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, no <laughs> wonder there's a man wrestling now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, I don't remember that. Either. I just remember me and him wrestling uh, one time, one-on-one. We had a, 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 a wrestling match in St. Paul. No, not St. Paul. Man. It was in Minnesota at the university. I remember that. Um but I don't remember the match, you know. I yeah. just remember me and him wrestling a couple of times there. You know, I don't know if it was a couple of times, but we there. Um, and I remember also wrestling uh, Scotty Demore, the guy who's um, he's in charge of Impact, Impact. you know, yeah. uh, in Toledo. So you know, like I said, you know, we would go in in certain towns, and and uh, Paul and Tommy or whoever was in charge, you know, would let me go over on these guys, and it was like, wow, ah, you know. Um, Mike Bell, you know, um, Rodney Mack, you know, he was, he was a really good guy. You know, he would, he would help me out a lot also, man. Big Rodney. Um, so yeah, we, we just, I was just, I was a curtain jerk. I was, I was enjoying my curtain jerk time and ECW. Um, I loved it. You know, I had no problem with it.
2: Awesome, man. That's great to hear and some fucking awesome stories that you've been telling us about your time in ECW. Um, how did you find out that uh, ECW was going under? Um, I know that everyone in ECW seems to have their own little sort of story on how they found was, out and how it all went.
0: Yeah, like I said, we were, I, you know, the word came down to us all and uh, that it was really going under. We, mm. we, we were hearing it for weeks, but then, uh, oh, i never forget, uh, I think one of the last shows, I, if not, not the last show, Tommy said, because I was flying at that time. You're booking me to fly to the show because before that, I would drive from North Carolina to Philadelphia to pick up Mike Keenan, the, 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 the referee. From Philadelphia, I would drive all the way. We would drive together to Long Island to pick up the ECW truck, park my truck, park my car there, pick up the truck, and drive wherever we had to drive to to a show. My God. Come back. I would get in my car, me and Mike Keener. I would take Mike Keener back to Philadelphia. From Philadelphia, I would drive all the way back to North Carolina. So i did that for almost six months. I I put in time, you know what I mean? So anyway, when I was, um, yeah, for 140 bucks, that didn't even cover. That covered like half my gas. There were times, man, I would sleep on the, the, not the side of the highway, but I would sleep at the, the rest stop. In my car, man, because I couldn't make it. I was so I was so jacked up, you know. I quit my job. Though I was happy that I quit my job, but you know, for 140, I couldn't even pay the car payment, you know. And uh, I was just like running from the law because I was like I, I couldn't pay the I couldn't pay the car payment. They were, they kept asking my mom and them for the for the car payment, and I, I would be out of town, so they couldn't get the car.
1: <laughs> uh, yes,
0: uh, you know, but. I, I was flying, like I said, I was flying, and then the last show, I think, 2000, 2001, after nine eleven, or, yeah, right, right at 9-11, Tommy said, Chili, you don't have to fly, um, you can stay home this weekend, and, and that's when I saw the writing on the wall, I said, oh, shit, man, we get ready, to, they, we really get ready to close now, because he's telling me I don't have to fly, so, yeah. I don't know what show that was. I'm not. I, I don't know where it was at. New York somewhere. I don't know.
1: But uh, Pine Bluff, I Arkansas, believe.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't go. So when that happened, that's when, um, and that's when I said, you know, I'm going to uh, enlist in the uh, in the army because I needed a job. Man, I was like. I fucking like need a job. And plus I I kinda always wanted to be in the military. So um, not I just wanted to be in I just wanted to be on the side of history. So I said I'm gonna go to war. Not to fight, to kill or whatever, I just wanted to go, but of course that comes with it, you know. I didn't know what I was thinking, like you're just gonna you're just gonna go there and look at it, you know. You <laughs> you actually gotta go there and participate. So, you know, after that, that's when I said I'm going, I'm going into the military. And um, I didn't, that, that was it. You know, it was just that one, that one conversation Tommy told me I didn't have to, I didn't have to come to the next show. I said, okay, no problem. And that was it.
2: Yeah. I, I suppose from there, yeah, it is, uh, it's pretty obvious if they're not willing to fly you out. Um, and I mean, no one knew it was the last show at all. I mean, several people have told us like if they knew Pine Bluff was the last show, they probably would have fucking blown the fucking ring up or something crazy. <laughs> but, uh, I, I think it's unfair that ECW never got its proper final send off until about five years later. But that's a whole 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 other thing. Um, I wanted to bring up there as well with the um the army thing. So you also had some dark matches with the WWF um against uh Q Sick and JR Ryder. Um, how did those come about? And was that after ECW? Was that after ECW? Yeah, army? that was uh,
1: that was after ECW. It was like a few months after ECW closed in two thousand and one, I believe. uh, You'd had some dark matches for the company. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there yeah, there was some, uh, there was a guy named Cusick. Yeah, um, yeah. Pat Cusick. Um, me and him wrestled. Um, we we knew each other on the on the independent circuit, and and so we uh they would um. Uh, Kevin Kelly at the time he was he was booking or he was something with talent and he booked me yeah. to do a dark match and yeah i did a dark match i think in richmond virginia once and then one in baltimore i think i only did two I only did all, that's I only did two dark matches in wwe and yeah. the one in original one that those film and um pretty good you know i was it, like i said even CW, even, even not CW, even Pat, he, he carried me that match. Because By the time I I, I I came out of the gorilla position, man, and I saw all those people, I had never, never wrestled in front of that many people, almost 18,000. And I was like, oh, my God, This is it. I want the grandest stage of them all. I mean, ECW was great. Don't get me wrong. But this is the... This is the criminal the creme. So I was like, oh, as soon as I walked out and I heard the music and I was like, oh, my, you know, I'm dancing, but my mind is saying, yeah, damn, look at all these people. I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even concentrate. I, I, I forgot everything that was going on in the match, what we were supposed to do. I was just, I said, the only thing I know that's comfortable is that I, can, I can shake a little bit and then, I went. I went down the ramp. I almost slipped and fell, a little bit. And then I got on top of the the rope and did something. And I was like, "Oh my God!" Waited for him to come down. He came down. We did our match. You know, it was pretty good at the end. You know, and uh, but I was I I was so fucking green and so scared. I mean, I was I was really shitting in my pants, man. I had never seen that many people before. You know, but it was great. It was a great thing, you know, and um, I think the next time I did it was in Baltimore. And I remember I did the same thing, but I was I was a bit comfortable that that time. But when I came back up the ramp after the match, Mick Foley came to me. He said, hey, Chili, he said, come here. He said, Ron Simmons wants to talk to me.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, here we go, I'm man.
0: Thinking, I'm thinking, oh, okay, great, you know? In my mind, I was like, oh, shit, Ron Simmons. But at that time, he was with APA, him and, him and Bradshaw. And so I give to the back and, the, and by the monitor, and there's a bunch of people there, a bunch of wrestlers, uh, Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Jeff, Jeff Hardy you know, was there and whoever, Test, I think, over I think he was still in there. Anyway, yeah. so I walk over and everyone's quiet. And this is right after my match. And Ron Sim- and Mick Foley go Ron, and he looks at me. He turns around, look. He give me that look, and I'm looking. I'm like, well, okay, what's up? Well, you know. And Bradshaw standing behind him, and he goes, mm-hmm. and so Ron Simmons goes, what the hell was that? <laughs> said, what the hell was that dancing for? He said, I've been in the wrestling for 25, 20 something years. For you, for 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 you, for you, for black people or something, not to come out here. And Dance, jigger, Who told you to do that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so my, gosh. my happiness, my my happiness for seeing it was like turned to like <clears> shit. <throat> like okay, I'm, I'm not I'm not a punk, you know. Yeah, this I'm you know I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of agreeing to this wrestling thing. I said, but if, if we're gonna fight here, we're gonna fight. I'm just gonna get my ass kicked. I don't care. But I'm gonna fight this motherfucker. So I was like, I didn't say nothing, but I was like, what the fuck you talking to? In my mind. Like, Who the fuck are you talking to you? You ain't my dad, you know. But I was listening to what he was saying. And but then I looked there where and over his shoulder it was fucking Bradshaw and some other big guys. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> my ass. So so he said, I don't he said, I don't he said, I d I, I don't understand. He said, you know, and he used to start talking, looking over my shoulder, looking at other wrestlers. You know, we I've been in this business so many years and and, and now, got this guy coming out here dancing, shaking, and all this shit. This just pissed me off, or something like that. And then I'm, I'm like, oh, fuck. And he's really loud. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then he turns and he goes, no, nah, man, I'm just kidding with you. I'm just kidding with you, man. That was some good shit. That was a good act. <laughs> I, I said, what? I said, I said, man, you had me going, man. And everybody started to, yeah, that was good, that was good. So that was, you know, like I said, I only did two dark matches. Um, but I was invited back a couple of times. And then when I got out of out of the military, I was invited to go. And I did a I did a warm up match with somebody. And Jamie Noble was calling the match. But he didn't know because we had met when we were in Chicago. But he didn't know I was Chili Willie after I got out of the military because my hair wasn't blonde and um, wasn't kind of I wasn't the same guy. wasn't on the roy's or whatever. It wasn't you know, and so he was just calling and Then he was like, "Oh shit!" At the end, somebody said, "You know that's Chili." But I think I was in East OEW. He said, "Man, yeah. Chili, I didn't know that was you." He said, "If I would, if I would have known that was you, in you that was in the ring, I would have gave you more. I would have called more spots for you, or whatever. So, um, but yeah, that was that was my time there. You know, I, you know, I might be getting my time mixed up a little bit if I was in OBW or not. I think I was out of OVW. I can't remember. No.
1: Yeah, I think it might have been in. OVW. Yeah. Yeah."
0: I think was even there before OBW, and so um I was still in the military and then once once um that happened uh they they signed me to a developmental in OBW. I think yeah. yeah I can't remember
1: yeah, yeah. um so, speaking of you being in the Army, I just wanted to ask you one question about it. Uh, what were some of the scariest moments that, uh, you encountered whilst being in the Army?
2: Oh, shoot.
0: Um, wow, that's... That's... There's many, you know. We would... Uh, I was in infantry out of Fort Drum, New York. And we... When the, when the war started in 2003... We only went as a company, not a not not as a platoon. So our company, you know, each company has about three or four platoons. And when we went to Iraq, we were we were split up into sections where um, each squad would be embedded with. certain different um, special forces unit. And so I was, uh, I was embedded with the special force unit ODA nine zero nine two four something out of, anyway, these guys were out of uh, Fort Car- Carson in um, Colorado and they were like your a They were like a real life eighteen, And so we were in a safe house in a safe house, uh, we were behind enemy lines, meaning that we were so far deep into enemy territory that, I mean, because we were trying to gather intel, we had some guys in there that were that were like CIA guys, intel, and all that stuff. We were just, our squad, which was probably about seven guys, were, were just like the... Um, security for these, not security, but we were like, yeah, we were like security for these guys at night uh, because those guys really needed to sleep and and then during the day they can go out and do whatever they need to do. So we were like the bitch boys, but they tear off our name tags, they tear off our ranks. Uh, we could grow beards and everything. So we look just like an a, a, a SF guy, special force guy. And we fight along them and everything. We we just like them, except we didn't have the training and we don't have the rank and all that, and, 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 and the intel that they have. And so, when we were at this house, we um, this this safe house, we would get we would get bombed or get attacked, not bombed. We would get attacked every night, probably let's say 5:30, 6 o'clock in the evening. Because at that time, I think it was doing Ramadan or whatever. They were, fat, uh, they were fast in the daytime, and then at nighttime, they could eat or whatever. So these guys would come out, and we were right next to a cemetery. So our wall was a cemetery, then our big house. And um, we, had, we had Kurdish um, fighters to help us also, because the Kurds and the Iraqi guys didn't like each other. But they would help us, and so it was probably about forty of us at this big house, spread out. But like I said, every night around five thirty, we get attacked. Mortar rounds, small on fire, and then at times these guys would come across the the cemetery and try to jump inside the wire. And if they would if they would have got inside, you know that's that's where we are. So we, we would fight, man, every night, at least for almost 45 days. So uh, during that time, we were, that was probably the scariest time when I was in Iraq. Because yeah. before you get to Iraq, you know, once you get to Iraq, or before you get to Iraq, you, 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 you station down in Qatar to get, to get um, intel and get your logistics and everything ready prep and everything, you know, and then they, they move you inside theater where the fighting actually going on. And uh, I didn't see, I didn't see combat um, until I got to that safe house and all hell broke loose. Yeah, almost lost my life. Thank God I didn't. Um, We did lose one of our commanders but he wasn't from uh, Fort Trump. He was actual SF guy.
1: Okay. And,
0: uh, but that was from a roll type bomb. Yeah. But we, we would fight, man, and um, that that was not a pretty thing. Um, you know, to you know, because a lot of people think you know when you go in the military, oh, I want to kill. You know, before that, you know, we had these young guys because when I went into the military, I was already thirty one years old back in two thousand two. I was thirty one. And so I was already an older guy had already wrestled ECW, you know before that I was already married you know so I, I already kind of had a life and career going on before that but when you go into the military you got young guys who are 17, 18 they'd never seen anything you know they, they half of these guys never even had a real fight. And so I was like I really don't want to go to I don't want to go to war now you know I, I just wouldn't came into the military because, I ain't have no money, I ain't got no job, but I don't yeah. wanna fucking I don't I don't wanna go over there man, you know, and, and, and start, you know, but when you get there, shit happens and, and um it's, it's 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 something man to have a bullet come at you.
1: Yeah, man. I can imagine I that would be t- scary shit.
0: When <laughs> you hear that shit, <laughs> That is no joke.
1: i yeah. tell you anybody,
0: that's it. It ain't no fun and that shit. I don't care if you try to be gangster. I don't care what. If someone, and then you see him, you see the guy shooting at you, but you can't see his face because his face is covered. Only thing you see and they're, they're saying, whatever the fuck they say." And it's, this, you know, and, and then you and then you get, you see the, you you hear the mortar, uh, mortar rounds coming, and then RPGs, that's some shit that I, I don't never want to experience again, ever. Yeah. I don't, I don't never want to experience that shit again. I don't wish that on no one. Too. To all the soldiers all over the world, kudos to you, been there, done that. But it's not a, it's not a, it's not it's not a cool thing. You know, you got guys, some tough guys here. It's not like MMA fighting. It's not like boxing, it's not like wrestling. You know, you got tough guys here. You know, you guys here that can, you know, fight. They, they fit, you know. And but man, when you're in war, that's a different. That's a whole different animal right there. You know, that's that's a whole different game right there. You know, and and um. So there was a, there was a lot of didn't seeing people that you that you contribute, you contribute to killing and then you see their bodies laying, you, you, that fuck with your your, your, your psyche. Yeah. You know, it, fun, out, it, fuck, right. it still fucks with me. Yeah. You know? So maybe because, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't remember a lot of things, but I remember that. You know what I mean? I can't remember those matches that you just call,
2: yeah. but I
0: can remember the times that I, I shot my weapon. I can remember yeah. the time, you know, I can remember that time when that, that mortar round almost hit me. You know, I can remember when those straps don't hit me. I can remember having a gunfight here, gunfight there. You know, running. I was on a Q, the QR, QRF team, Quick Reaction Force. You know, running, trying to save buddies. You know, so it's it's uh it's, it's one of those things. You know, I I you know, it's just one of those things. You know, I can't explain it, um, but. I'm just glad that I'm here. Uh, and uh, I, I'm glad I can I talk about it now. You know, some things it still it's still good to me if I see certain movies, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, I say, OK, all right, I remember that. Like the movie, um the one they had with the Benghazi. They're talking about the Benghazi uh, movie. I can't think what it was. I don't know, it wasn't 12 Strong, but it was it was one day you talk about the Benghazi the incident and um, those guys coming through the cemetery. I said, that shit's true. That's, that's some true shit right there. You gotta, you gotta shoot the mortar up. You gotta shoot the, the mortar guys. The, they have to, they have to shoot the mortar um, illumination up so that you can, you can see how many, how many people are coming at your ass. Because if you don't have that, you, you're just like in the dark, you know? And so, uh,
1: that movie it's, it's, called "Our uh, Thirteen Hours." Yes, there you go. That's how my shit was. Right. That's exactly. Gonna, I haven't how watched much. that before. I'll, I'll watch that tonight.
0: Oh man, that's how my shit was. You know, similar to that. You know, we stuck at a safe house, and these people are coming around us. Boom, boom, boom. You know, and so, um and like I said, thank God we had the Kurdish, Persian American guys fighting with us because. The motherfuckers were some hard fighters, hardcore fighters. So when I hear things about what's going on in Syria and things like that, and I hear about the the Kurds, the Kurds, man, let me tell you something. I don't know political what's going on, but them were some hardcore fighters, fought with them. So I seen them run down some motherfuckers, run them down, ta da da! You know, and so it's 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 a game. But it's a fucked up game because it's political and it's it's just all.
1: Yeah, I can imagine.
0: You know, after after I came back, I was like, what? Why did I even go? Why did we even go there? You know, you know, Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. Why did we even go there? But anyway, that's what happened. And um, you know, after after I got hurt, you know, because I I got hit with some shrapnel, I got hurt. I was sent to one of Saddam Saddam's palace. And there you had internet, but it wasn't like internet now. But how every day I would check my internet, check my um, email, and then I I would get messages from wrestlers, you know. And then Paul Heyman actually messaged me. And he said, because I wasn't thinking about going back into the military after I got hurt. I just thought I was going to heal. And once I heal, uh, I'll go back in." you know, Resign up again, go back to the fighting. So, this particular day, Paul, I see it, and Paul says, "Hey, Chili, when you get out of the military, if you get out of the military, give me a call. I got, I got something for you." So, when you see that, you know, you're like, "Okay, what, Paul Heyman?" You know, because I was getting messages from Rob and Dam. I was getting messages from Ryan. I was getting messages because prior to that, two thousand three. WWE went to their first USO trip they went to Iraq yeah Well Rhino was also employed then for WWE. He somehow talked to whoever those guys came and, and because Rhino wanted to see me personally. Those guys came to my unit, my special unit just to see me. Stone Cold, I think Sable at the time she was there, who, whoever, John Cena. Well, I had got hurt. I had went home to America. All right. So I went to America. They came, the first USO trip. And when they came, they didn't see me. Brian said, they, you guys didn't see me. But someone had a picture of me. And so everyone, I got this at home in my mom's house. All the wrestlers signed a signature there.
1: Um, and
0: they, 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 they all of them. And, uh, but I wasn't there. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, all of them. And so that was the first USO um, that they went there. And so fast forward, uh, when I got hurt, um, I lost my, well, my, 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 when I got hurt, um, I went back. Went back to, went back in there and I was going to stay. Like I said, I was going to stay. But they put me in Saddam's quarters and it, it is uh, one of his house. I looked on my email. Paul said, I got something for you. I answered the next day or something like that or same day. And he said, when you come back, contact me. As soon as you come back to America, contact me. Well, when we, when we got out, it was our time to go to go back home. Our one year, we went back home. When I got back to Fort Drum, New York, I had two messages. One from TNA and one from WWE.
1: Right.
0: I was called to my uh, captain's office, and I didn't know what TNA was because I was out of
1: wrestling. Yeah. You know, I didn't
0: yeah. name it. You know, but uh at that time Scott Moore he was also he was also involved with them, with Jeff Jarrett but i didn't know it was – you know i didn't know that was him i didn't know that nothing so i answered i didn't even call tna i just thought tna was some some independent wrestling <laughs> i was like oh, you think independent wrestling i don't know who these fuckers are but i know who wwe is and i i'm, I'm going to call because paul told me to call so i called and i got in touch with paul and the ball started rolling. And they sent me They sent me twice. I was still in the military on a military contract. Two times, the WWE sent me to Ohio, and then they sent me to Chicago. While I was in the military, had wrestling on almost two years, three yeah. years. They said, went I, they, they paid for everything. my tra- They paid for my rental car. It was like I was on a contract. <laughs> yeah. They gave, me, they, they gave me a hotel room. And on top of that, they gave me travel pay. And I, <laughs> I, was, I was just visiting. I was just visiting. I did not wrestle. I didn't put on no tights, nothing. Because I was still, I couldn't because I was still under the, the U.S. government. Right. Well, they did all that. They did all that, and then uh, I went to the wrestling shows, whatever. And I'm, I'm just living large, man. It was like a vacation, you know. I'm in my car, and go to the Marriott, and so <clears throat> they um, they contacted my my commander, and they they said we want to sign William Jones. We want to sign him to, to the to the WWE, and uh, they sent me the paperwork. Tom Pritchard sent me the, the paperwork. Send me your paperwork, man, the contract. Let's take initial, initial, initial. I still in the military. I still had two months to go in the military. So <laughs> my my unit was back in the garrison. They were back in the garrison and they were they were doing push-ups, sit-ups. Once, my, once that happened, my commander gave me permission. Not permission, but they they babied me and they sent me up to the colonel's office to answer telephone calls. <laughs> so every morning, I didn't I didn't have to do no PT. I didn't have to answer to no one. I'm sitting in the office by myself just answering calls, watching TV. Because <laughs> in two months, they knew that I was going to get out to go yeah. to the WWE. Well, once I signed that contract, they gave me one month. They let me out one month early. They let me go. Oh, and man. I awesome. moved my family. Back to North Carolina, and uh, I went straight to Kentucky, to OVW.
1: Wow, How's that experience uh, uh, tr- with the developmental deal, and um, and why did it why didn't it end up working out uh, in the end? Uh, I think at the end they ended up releasing you. so OBW? Yeah, yeah.
0: I um, I got there, and I was in a class. Was, this is two thousand four, two thousand five. I was in the I was there with the class of Bobby Lashley, uh, uh, John Morrison, uh, Ken Anderson, Beth Phoenix, Julian Hall, what's the kid that, that passed away? Matt um, Matt Capitelli? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, Matt Capitelli. Yep. From Tough Enough? Yeah. Yep.
0: Yes. Um, guys like him, uh, the other my my brother that just passed away, uh, Chad. Yeah. Uh Beast, Chaz Gaspar. Um, yep. so I was I was in that class with all those guys and um it was um it was interesting. I think first who started us off training was uh, Hugh Morris. Um, yep. and, and after Hugh it, it was uh Lance Storm and so and then Tommy Tommy Dream would come in. And then some of the stars would come in sometimes, like Undertaker, Ray, and all those guys, they would come in sometimes. But, uh, and my, my man, Boogeyman, he was there too. Uh, Elijah Burke. But we, um, it was, um, it was interesting. It wasn't like I was, I had expected. And my mind wasn't really focused on, w, on wrestling. Although the money was great, they had me on contract already as television, so I Wrong. was getting uh, I was getting I was getting television pay when some of the other guys were getting just developmental pay.
1: Fuck.
0: So Paul had. I was making one thousand four hundred and forty-four dollars a week. I have a paycheck at oh my God. mom's house. Damn. I have a paycheck. I have a paycheck stub at my mom's house. I can show you guys, and so. I thought everyone was getting the same pay. I didn't know that I was, I did not know that I was on a fast track. I thought, you know, I'm down here just developing. Well, we do, you know, we're training and shit like that. I'm I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on the roids. I'm not taking steroids because I just got out of the military. So my body's like military shape. Okay. But not, not TV wrestling. So when I, I met Vince McMahon, Right before I I, um, I got signed, and he told me that he said we had a face to face meeting. John 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 Laurinaitis brought me into the office, and I'm sitting there talking to Vince. Johnny goes, "Hey, Chili, you gotta go beat the man. You gotta go beat Vince." I said, "Okay." I'm shitting in my pants because I never really met Vince, man. Even though I did <laughs> dark matches, I never met him. So. I get in there, it's just me and him sitting down and John, Johnny Ace. And so Vince is eating a sandwich. And he's telling me, you know, talking to me, asking me about the war and everything. I'm talking to him. And then he goes, Well, you gotta get your body in shape. He said, We want you. He said, You have a nice, you have a nice story we can build on. He said, But you gotta get your body in shape, in, in television shape. So when I went to OVW, I was I was so out of shape, man. You know, ring shape, ring shape, and 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 being outside the ring is two different in shapes. So got in there and you know just started working out and everything. And so one day we did a couple. We they had us do a promo. Stephanie McMahon came in, Johnny Ace, and Paul Heyman. Well, Stephanie McMahon says to everybody, cut a promo. She said, cut a, cut a promo, everybody. So it was my turn to cut a promo. So I really didn't have a promo. So she said, before you cut a promo, tell me your experience in, in the war, about the war. And so I thought I was okay. I thought mentally I was all right. I told I started to tell the story. But then I, I started to say, you know, when my friend got killed, uh, well, commander, I said, I started to break down and cry, sure. and it just came out of nowhere. It just came out of fucking nowhere, and so I I, I jumped out of the ring. I didn't know that that's what they wanted. That's what WWE, WWE would do. They will take a personal story of yours. They don't care how shitty it is, and they will use that. And they will they will build on that shit for your character, you know. You could you could be called or Mark, man, and and, you, and let's say you had an accident, and you, you you make a mistake and you kill someone or whatever, or they would take that story, and on Monday Night Raw, you that would be your that would be your thing, or yeah. until they they finish it. So after that, you know, Paul came in, he said you okay and everything. I said I'm good, I'm good. The next week. They go, Paul goes in. He says, Chili, uh, we want you to work with, um, no, we're going to have uh, Jim Cornette work with you and do, do an interview and everything. But we want, we want you to tell your story again, what happened. But we want you to have emotion like you did when you were in front of Stephanie. And I was like, what? I said, like, I can't. That wasn't a thing that I practice on. That that shit just yeah. that was some real shit, you know. And I was like,
1: "Yeah,
0: I can't do that, you know. I can't just." <laughs> and so they wanted they they wanted me to do like a GI Bro gimmick, right? Um, and at that time, the guy, what's his name? Uh, they already had a, a a thing in SmackDown with the the Muslim guy was doing. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he was doing something. Yeah, he was. They were doing a gimmick because he he would come in. Also, he came into the ma- he came into the, the OVW one time, and um, but we didn't have a match. But anyway, Paul pulled me to the side and he said, "We want you to do this army thing, this army gimmick," and um, uh, and so one time we were cutting promos for class, and it just didn't feel right. And I said, uh, I told Paul, I said I, I don't like this. I, said, I told him and Lance, I said I don't, I don't like this, this army gimmick. Because for me, it was real. It wasn't fake. Yeah. It wasn't. I couldn't. I couldn't. Now, if you ask me to do it, yeah, I can fucking do it. You know, <laughs> you know whatever. But then I couldn't because it was too fresh. I no, just yeah. gotten out of the military one month, and uh, not even a month. That was just. It just wasn't. And so I, he went back and told Vince. And so the next couple of days, I I was going to go and train because we train every morning, about ten o'clock in the morning to about four. Johnny calls me at the hotel. Hey, Chili. You, you don't have to go to you don't have to go to practice today. I said what? Huh? He said uh. Vince Vince uh, he saw your promo. He 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 liked it, but he doesn't you know you need more work. He goes. Um, but what what we can do is, uh, you can you can go down to Puerto Rico, Carlos Cologne, I think I want to say. Yeah. We we'll send we'll send you to we'll send you to Puerto Rico, and you can do more training down there. And then once you're done training, you come back up. I thought about. It. I said, hell no. I didn't say hell no to him. I said, no no no, I'm okay. I said I will just go home. My wife is waiting for me, and so, uh, I they they you stay on the contract for three months after that. You know, you still get paid for three months, and so I just went home, man. I didn't even, um, you know, we back. I went back by the school, I said goodbye to everyone, and then I just drove on back to uh, North Carolina. That was that was the end for me when it came to Obw,
1: WWE. You know. Wow. Thanks and, for sharing that story. Oh, that was awesome, man.
0: Yeah, that's that's um. I mean, I look at it now. I I, I look at. Uh, how they do things now. I don't look at wrestling that much, but I just saw on Google or news passing like that they're gonna take guy, what's his name, Keith Lee, and and push him back down to the por- the performance center and some other yeah. guys. And I said, why? He just came out of NXT, and now you're gonna put him back further than NXT. You know, that's to me. That's just saying that you don't want him or you just, you want him, but you, I don't know. I mean, how much more developed does he have to, does a person have to be, yeah. you know, and it's just like, uh, you're either going to, you're either going to find something for him to do or you're not, you know what yeah. I mean? So I just threw that in there because the OVW thing versus working independent, is, it's just two different things, you know, it's,
1: it's, it's different.
2: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay,
1: Joe. Over to Jack.
2: So, as we wind down this interview, uh, what made you want to end up winding down your career um, after uh, OVW?
0: What made me do what?
2: Uh, sorry, just wind down your wrestling career.
0: Oh yeah, just wind it down. Um, I just saw. I just like again. I just saw it right on the wall. You know. I. Uh, once I, once I got, you know, acts from OVW, I was like, uh, maybe it's just not from, you know, I I had my run, I had my fun, you know, I I lived my dream of becoming a wrestler. And, uh, even though I didn't do it to the extent that I thought I was Mm going to do it to, um, I did get back into it a little bit on the Indies, um, afterwards and for, Maybe a couple, maybe two or three years, I think I did it for. my uh, tag team with, with a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Kenny. We were called the American Gangsters and then we were also called uh the Blacknecks. And so we, we we had fun. I had fun doing <laughs> that. Uh, but I didn't uh, I, I didn't have any more aspirations of going back to the top. Um, once once you it's like once you really figure out, and not figure out, but once you see what's going on, uh, some things you like, some things you don't like. And so there are some things that I didn't like. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of politics in it. And then also, um, you got to do certain things, you know? And, and, and uh, I was like, I'm tired of being told what to do because in the military, they already tell you what to do. <laughs> what to do so. And I was already um, on disability, so I, I said, well, I don't want to disrupt my disability for wrestling. And, and I knew I couldn't get back into that anyway. So I just said, you know, it's good. It's okay. I had my fun. And I, I'm happy with it. I am I'm, I'm really – I'm glad that it, my life turned out the way it turned out. Um, I have no complaints, you know, and I thank you guys for having me on because you make it – you, you 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 keep my name going uh, out, you know, because um, I had no idea. Angel told me he said, "Chili, some guy, you know, this guy right here wants to interview you." And I was like, "Who? What?" And so I was like, "Really me? You want inter- to interview me?" You know, and I was like, "You know." So I didn't really do much in my career, but uh, you know, I I just. I'm happy. Uh, I thank God for it. And, uh, and to those who are still doing it, to guys who are still doing it, man, and the girls who are still doing it, you know, good luck to you and, and keep it going, you know, as much as you can. And, uh, and there's politics, this shit, but you got to get, you know, get around that and, can, you know, continue your dream and, and aspirations. So I'm just happy.
2: Awesome, oh, Brian. man. That's awesome. Um. So was your final match against your trainer uh, being CW Anderson?
0: Was he my? Say it again.
2: Sorry was your uh, was your final match uh, against uh, CW Anderson?
0: Ah, that was <laughs> last year. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, I, I I I did a little thing under the mask uh, called Blackzilla, and uh, that was <laughs> last year for for a friend of mine. And uh, yeah, probably so. Pretty much. You know, and um, you know, I train people here And there, there are some students I had here back in 2017 that I trained um, here in the Philippines and um, a great bunch of people here, kids here that are eager to learn. And, um, you know, I had about 25 students. And so I, I trained them, you know, within 10 months, I had to train them because one of the guys that was supposed to have been the pr- promoter, you know, blowing smoke up everyone's ass, said that we were gonna be on, they were going to be on television, but you got to have them ready in, in this amount of time. So I said 10 months, that's, that's impossible. That's impossible to, to train someone off the streets in 10 months and have them be ready for, to go on television and yeah. to be flawless of everything. It, it never happened. But anyway, I tried, I got him ready, did a show. Uh, worked out pretty good. But I told him, I said, hey, this promoter guy, don't believe it."
1: <laughs> yeah. I said,
0: uh, I know all about that. Don't believe him, you know? you know. But anyway, it worked out. And uh, some of the guys and girls are still wrestling, some of them are not. And, um, but the, the Philippine uh, um, wrestling scene, up until the COVID, Doing pretty good, you know. You had three different organizations: PWR, NWF, um, WUW, um, and that that crew came from the guys that I trained, which was AOW. So, that's that's my stint here in, in the Philippines of helping and training people uh, in, in wrestling. So, if, if you know, if people come and ask me, you know, I'll consult. Some wrestling consulting, consulting and, and training and help, help, out, help out as much as I can. So, but I thank you guys for helping me keep my name relevant.
1: <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome, bro. No worries. You know, uh, Angel's been a good friend of the show and. Uh, I just thought, uh, I was like, man, I'll see, see if Angel can get me Chili Willy. And he ended up getting me really? in touch with you. So, yeah, man, uh, I was watching some uh, old school shit. And I was like, I've got to get this guy on the show. He looks just so entertaining. And um, so we really, really, really want to thank you for your time, man. Uh, it really it means a lot us to be able to chat to you and hear your stories of you know being an ECW and in the military but before we go we do have one final segment that we do in the show and it's called five second frenzy it's about 10 different questions quick fire answers just to find out about other things that you like in life gotcha okay so chilly willy the first question here on five second frenzy who is your favorite wrestler Ric Flair Uh, your favorite match of all time that you either competed in or watched
0: probably me probably mean balls against the the baldies the flaming tables match.
1: awesome Awesome. right uh your favorite opponent
0: probably well i'll say rhino
1: cool man uh your favorite tv show
0: My favorite TV show would probably be uh, CNN. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Your favorite book?
0: My favorite book that I probably could not quote you on nothing that I read would probably be the, I know it's more than five seconds, so I'm going to say Art (laughs) of War.
1: Cool, cool. Uh, favorite musical artist, Prince. Oh, awesome, bro! I, I I got to see Prince perform about three months before he passed away. So, oh, really? I, I was lucky to get in there right at the end. But yeah, he's a, he's amazing, oh, bro. Uh, your favorite film, Scryfees. Oh, brilliant! Great choice. Uh, favorite food, steak. Yeah, we get that all the time on the show. Steak is probably the number one answer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> your favorite place to eat on the road? If I was in
0: America, um, probably the Waffle House.
1: That's we a fucking that common, one. That's that's a that's a common one. That's very common one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone loves Waffle House. Unfortunately, we don't <laughs> have them in Australia, <laughs> but one day. <laughs> uh, your favorite alcoholic beverage, chili. Red horse, yeah. right now, the beer, red horse beer, yeah. nice, bro, nice, I dig it. Uh, second last one here on Five Second Frenzy Chili is your favorite female body part?
0: Mm. Wow, it's gotta be that ass, man, it's gotta be <laughs> sick, it's gotta be, excellent you know, choice, yeah.
1: right choice. Sorry, ladies,
0: sorry, lady. sorry, but it's gotta be that buttocks, you know what I'm saying. That's, Great choice. that's a go-getter
1: right here yeah. Absolutely right. Uh, And the final one for 5 Second Frenzy Is your favorite curse word Motherfuck I think that's every black person <laughs> Yeah
0: <word. laughs> fuck, fuck you motherfucker
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome, Chilly. Well, again, we want to thank you so much for your time here with us. Uh, it really means a yeah. lot to talk to you. And uh, I hope that you're so proud of everything that you accomplished in ECW and what you did in your military career. And you're living such a blessed and happy life there in the Philippines now. So it's really good to see that you're doing so great. And uh, you know what? You're looking, you still look like you're in your 30s, bro, I'm telling you. Thank you. Very much,
0: man. Look, sometimes I don't feel it. I have to get up every morning and go walk, you know what I mean? But uh, that's all I do. I don't even lift weights no more. I used to, but I, I, I would get injured. So I just said, fuck it. I'm just walking, push-ups, sit-ups, keep it natural.
2: Give it simple, man. Awesome bro.
1: <laughs> awesome, bro. Well, thank you again, Chili, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great holiday, man. Will do. And thank you, everyone out there, for watching the WCWA Network here on YouTube and all platforms across the internet I'm California alongside Jack and our boy Chili Willy and we will see you guys next time thank you